This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Wolf's Lore, Christian, Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Domasaurus, Jeff, Amy, Tia, Matthew, William, Dave, Jonathan, Mailman, Sean, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karoon, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, please do so in the Facebook group and Discord server, where we hang out and chat daily. Okay, I had a dream. Was it last night or the night before? Why are you asking us? Because I messaged you guys first thing because I was excited about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were co-directing a Christmas movie. (laughs) I can't imagine anything that would go more badly. We were directing a Hallmark movie to try to make it as Hallmark movie as possible. And then we would be like, you know what would be funny? As if it was a Christmas cookie contest. And then we would laugh, but then it would be like a super serious Christmas cookie contest. (laughs) Like we were seriously, we were like we were serious about making like a, a like a really lame ass awesome Christmas movie. I mean, I feel like we could do it. I, I think between Paige's writing, my director of photography abilities, and your just really bad dad jokes, we can make a pretty solid Hallmark level movie. You know, Mike has to star in it so we can fall in love with his co-star. That could be the movie. <laughs> we need a meta Hallmark movie. Think about it. There's fake snow, and then when I finally kiss her, there's real, real snow. snow. Oh, my um, God. In the middle of July. It's global yes. warming. Um, No, Mikey was on a teen show in the 90s, and he's run out of acting roles, and now all <laughs> yes. he gets to do is Hallmark movies, and he fucking hates it so he's like full-on jaded and then his co-star is like brand new she's like this is my first movie and she gets him to love acting again through a hallmark movie but also you're gonna have to hip-hop dance in the middle of a (laughs) cast i do want to see mikey put down the uncrustable and hip-hop dance (laughs) put down the uncrustable hip-hop dance also, your name is now Paisley Winterbottom. <laughs> oh, Mr. Winterbottom was my father's name. <laughs> hey, Paige. Yes. Remember uh, like a week ago when Mikey invited me and Natalie to go to the Dickens Festival? Yes, that's correct. So we went today. Right. I got there around noon and Natalie and I met for lunch and then Mikey and his family came over and had lunch at the same place we were having lunch. But at a different table, right? So when I was leaving to go back to the Dickens Festival, I was like, hey, Mikey, message me when you head back to the Dickens Festival and we can meet out there like we had planned to. Guess who I got ghosted by at the Dickens Festival? (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) Call me ghost of Christmas present because that happened today. (laughs) And you'll be visited by Mikey two more times later this week. Actually, he's going to tell you he's going to come over and then he's not going to come over. They're the ghosts of Christmas past when it happens in the past Mm -hmm. and then future when it's going to happen later this week. I like all of this. It was the ghost of Clint with his chains to warn you about your curmudgeon attitude toward Christmas. Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin and Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like watching scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch Deadly Deadly Games or Dial Code Santa. Time out, though. I don't think I can do this podcast with you having your headphones over your hoodie. It's cold, Mikey. It's cold here. That's a layer layer too many. This is the opposite of the the sorority house two-layer rule. We're going to need a one-layer rule between your headphones and your face. I'm going to take a picture of the Zoom so they can see it. Mm, I don't like it. So if you want to see the picture of me wearing my headphones over my hoodie, I'm sure it's in the Facebook group. So, had you guys seen this movie before? Yes. 
I had not, but I have seen Home Alone. So, oh, this is nothing like Home Alone. I hate that people compare this to Home Alone. It's offensive to Home Alone. Mikey, you've seen this before, right? Mm-hmm. I can see what angle you're going to come at this episode <laughs> with. Uh, because I, I'll be real with you. There's this is like so similar to Home Alone that when I found out, because there's only one fun fact for this movie, by the way, and it's that this came out the year before Home Alone. Yeah. And it was so similar that they sued and actually won money. <laughs> they settled out oh, of court. Yes, ah. fool. They had to pay them out for this movie. Not a lot. Not enough, probably. But they did have to settle. <laughs> that's a, that's amazing. I saw this at the last drive-ins Christmas ah, special okay, okay, a couple okay. years ago, which they're doing another one. It's already happened to, to the listeners. But for me, yeah. it's this weekend. <laughs> I don't like the time paradox that we recorded. Um, yes. Uh, which I like it because it's like bonkers. I also like it because it takes a lot for a villain to really creep me out. And I'm going to tell you, this villain creeps me out in a way that I can't describe <laughs> because I yeah. don't know if he is. I don't know what his deal is, but I don't like the deal. <laughs> I just assume he was French. When he strokes that kid's cheek in the sleigh before he punches the Mikey, kid. Mikey, he punches a girl in this movie. Like the villain strokes the cheek oh. first. And I was like, this is a bad guy. You don't. It was a. It was creepy on a level. I will say that I think this movie is ahead of its time for a weirdo um, getting your internet address, your address off the internet and coming to steal you as a child. Oh, yeah. I mean, the child did sort of dox himself, but yeah, it's like way ahead of his time. No one even talked about it. That kid wasn't prepared. He didn't know. No. And I do want to like just soapbox as someone who worked a lot of Christmases in retail. Don't fucking leave your kids with a mall Santa. Mall Santas aren't safe. No. Like the mom just like left her kid with Santa and then went shopping. Don't do that. Never let your children out of your sight while you're shopping. It's a public area full of pedophiles. That mom never came back. Yeah. (laughs) I will say I like it. I think just because there's not enough Christmas horror movies. And at one, it's kind of like Home Alone, but if Kevin McAllister acted like a real child. Yes. Now, they have stark differences. One, emotionally, this kid cannot take the trauma he's going to, and I'm kind of <laughs> here for it. But When he <laughs> cried for his mom, I felt so bad, but I was also like, yeah, he's a fucking child. Like, oh my God. But somehow, he's richer and more skilled than Kevin McAllister because he's programming cameras and stuff. Yeah. Because he lives in a fucking weird castle. He lives in the castle from Beauty and the Beast. Like, it's nuts. <laughs> Hear me out. I believe this is a prequel to the movie Toys, and this is Robin Williams' This is Robin Williams' um, story. Well, that explains why he has that passageway to Narnia, and Narnia <laughs> is just the Isle of Misfit toys from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, where it's like, here are my grandparents' toys, and my father's toys, and my toys, and a doll that cries blood, a squirt gun that squirts jelly. But you know whose toys are not in there? Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy's single. Bro, my type. <laughs> so that you could have a little mulleted Rambo child running around your house? Single mom <laughs> yes. owns a toy store. Like there's nothing there's nothing not for Mikey in this movie. Blonde, big teeth, rich, owns a toy store. Come yeah. on. Lives it's basically in like a I'm castle. Tom Hanks. It's my big. <laughs> 
Paige, what did you think about this movie? Because I have some feelings about it. I don't know that I'm prepared to share. It's unique. It's, it is definitely unique. I think it's paced real bad. Oh, yeah. I Okay. I fell asleep three times trying to watch this movie. I was so well, bored. It's because it does not kick into the true plot of the story until almost 40 minutes into the movie. And it's only a 90 minute long film. Yeah. And you could probably uh, cut 80 minutes out of it. <laughs> I think Santa should have just killed a bunch more people in really creepy ways and then ended up at the house. No, I agree with you because there's a lot of things that we don't see. We don't see him kill the caretakers. Uh, a lot of those kills are implied. We don't see him kill the policeman. Like, yeah. you know, but I will. Here's what I will give to this movie. It is a terrifying villain uh, to think of someone who is just uh, not like this person is a psychopath and they are just there to kill. That's it. I mean, it's Hannibal Lecter levels of horror for me with this villain. I think it's more like I don't even know what the correct term is, but like criminally insane. I don't I don't yes. know what it is. Yeah. I don't, but you don't know because he doesn't talk enough for you to like yeah. true. Figure, like, I'm like, is he mentally ill? Is he a, is he a serial killer? To me, he seems like a child serial killer. I thought he was a predator, like a a pedophile, and that's why he was stroking the cheek. But he clearly has like... I mean, there are pedo vibes. You're right. It just doesn't go into all that, but like... Yeah, he's like trying to play with the kids. He's trying to find kids online. He's trying to be Santa. He's stroking that girl's cheek. And I think that's why it works, because it doesn't like... It shows you all of these evil ways he could be, and it take out the mentally ill one. That's not evil. But like all of these other... Like, is he a serial killer? Is he a serial pedophile? Is he is he just I like it's like it doesn't show you enough to know exactly where he's coming from. So there's kind of that fear of the unknown there and his like creepy looks. He's super creepy looking. It also just takes too long, though. Like you could have communicated a lot of that in a much shorter amount of time. Oh, yeah. But I do think he's the best part of the movie. He is the best part of the movie, I would say. But it is paced crazy. It is totally unbelievable. Like completely, like there is nothing tethered to reality in this film. There are huge rooms of this house that are literally just sound stages. Yeah. And when you walk onto them, you're just like, oh, so it's just a crazy soundstage. Uh, and there's like <laughs> trap doors and stuff in the house. And I think controversial opinion, I fully believe Home Alone stole this movie. Um, but I think what Home Alone does is takes this movie and tries to ground it in reality a little bit more. Yeah. Of like, okay, he gets left behind. Someone tries to rob the house. That's a much clearer through line to like why there are people invading the house. And then he's using normal household objects against them in a normal sized house, if that makes sense. And so I think that makes it a move faster because you're concentrating more on him setting everything up. But also B, you don't get taken out of it as much by the weirdness because there's a full-blown music video in the middle of this movie about that kid burying his dog yeah and also okay and this is just my fucking chef food weirdness again cake servers are typically dull and he stabs like six people with one i don't know this is the most interesting cake server i've ever seen (laughs) it's honestly it's just a it's just a silver one And you can, like, in some cases, pie servers will have, like, a little bit of a blade at the top. And you could, if you had enough force, I guess you could stab somebody. But it's not your best weapon, especially on a table that's full of knives. Anyway, (laughs) that drove me nuts, the whole movie. Absolutely. It's because he wanted a piece. It's of that kid. Um, (laughs) It's very abstract. Once the movie gets going, then it's pretty okay paced until it stops for a crazy music video and like 
his journey around the roof and stuff. And so it's just... I mean, oh, man, I I really do think Home Alone stole it. But I also think it's one of those cases where Home Alone was like, I can fix this. (laughs) I mean, okay, so there's no way Home Alone stole this. Home Alone filmed uh, from February 14th until May 18th of 1990. Uh, So they were in production a few months. This came out in 89. I know they were in production a few months after this movie premiered. And you have to like write a script and you have to cast people. And like from scripts to production is probably a year at least. So like there's no way. Well, you're assuming from them seeing the movie, not them seeing the script. Because it's very possible that this script made production rounds before they started writing. I just don't think John Hughes gave a shit about what French cinema was doing in 1989. It's not that close. It is that close, It's so bonkers. Maybe I'm just like, I just hated this movie so much. I don't really see anything redeemable about it for for the most part. I mean, I don't. I don't love this, but I also don't love Home Alone. So for me, I'm like, I yeah. also don't love Home Alone. I think Home Alone does this better. Yeah. But for me, there's so much similar about it that I'm like, there's no way that something didn't bleed through. That's an insane amount of parallel thinking. That can happen, though. I mean, literally, uh, Dennis the Menace premiered. Dennis the Menace is that one example of, of it actually like, happening. Yeah, it's like. So bonkers. If you want to look into parallel thinking and Dennis the Menace, you'll see that story. But like, I found this movie so boring. It was so boring. Like you were talking about pacing issues. Like there are so many pacing issues where we spend fucking 10 minutes with him setting up, making a real grenade, putting it on the back of a train, lighting the, or sending the train towards the, the killer. He then picks the train up and then sends it back the other way. And then it like lights or whatever next to the, the granddad and then never goes off. And then it cuts away and then the villain and the kid are like not together anymore. Yeah, like we have no what idea what fuck? happens. This movie is like just, it's just terribly made. And like a lot of those things really bothered me. Can we have a minute for him finding a homing beacon and transponder <laughs> just in the junk pile in the garage? There's so many things like that where I'm like, there's no way he would have all this stuff. And I get that it's a movie, but at the same time, it's just like, how much disbelief am I willing to suspend? Right. Like, I get that his mother owns the biggest toy store in all of France or whatever. <laughs> so, like, he would have a lot of toys. Like, I was on board for that. But he's, like, running around the house with a plastic knife like he's going to defend himself. Like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be like, oh, this kid is just really dumb. Like, I don't know what's happening in this movie. Can we also have a moment for his mom running the biggest toy store in France that is open on Christmas Eve until 10 p.m. Yeah. And had not hired for the holidays by that afternoon. Well, yeah. Like, and she was like, what the she, fuck? She shows up to that meeting and she's like, hey, I want a Santa on every block. And they're like, I, I mean, if you wanted that, you should have asked us to prepare for that. A month. <laughs> and she's like, no, I didn't want you guys to prepare. I wanted it today. Like, what? Why? Like, I don't understand this at all. Like, you're the worst. Well, and they act like all the stuff she did, because she almost kind of turns into almost like a street fair in front of the store. Right. But they act like that made them sell so much more stuff that day. And I'm like, it's Christmas Eve. You're going to sell what you're going to sell yeah. that day. Also, you know what made you sell a shitload on Christmas Eve? Procrastination. Like, that's why you <laughs> sold so much. Because people put off buying shit until the last minute. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff in this movie that I was just like, 
what the fuck yeah also his mullet is the most european thing about this film oh no oh man like his mullet was so bad they put him in that because they wanted him to look like a kid rambo like i get it yes but it looks terrible yeah. But I mean, mullets today look terrible. Like I, I'm going to disagree. I've seen some okay mullets recently. <laughs> recently. But it it depends on who's wearing it and depends on how they're wearing it. Yeah. I feel like girl mullets work better than guy mullets. Uh, sure. I mean, are you just saying like bangs? Bangs work on girls? No, and no, not no. Guys? I mean, the actual kind of more of the cut of like shorter in the front, kind of longer in the back, almost like you've pushed your layers towards the back as opposed to having them frame your face. But it looks like that the person who cut this child's hair was on Great British Bake Off and a technical challenge, and they didn't really give them firm instructions on how to make a mullet. They were just like, yes. cut top of head, leave back long, bake. That was it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and because there was no, like a Rambo mullet has like some layering to the back of it. It's got some shape to it. Yeah. And this was just like, you know, kiddie pool in the front, river rafting, just straight <laughs> waterfall down the back. Yeah. Like it's just... <laughs> It's a wild mullet. I did like the 80s action movies they inspired some of this stuff from, but it's just so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked it because it was stupid. I found this movie terribly unwatchable. Like, I, it was literally hard for me to get through it. Like, I think they should have went all the way with it. They should have had Santa kill a bunch of kids <laughs> and adults and, like, been <laughs> terrifying. I'll be real with you. I, A, wanted Santa to kill more people. And I wanted to ha- I wanted Santa to have a better weapon. I want Michael Myers as Santa in this movie. Yeah, Santa Myers. That's what I want. You mean Cake Server wasn't a good enough weapon for you? Cake Server wasn't a good weapon. You barely <laughs> hear anything about the Santa talking. I do think it was interesting that they gave him like a motivation to kill the kid in a realistic way that he could have gotten the address and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. He's the best part of the movie and... They really don't spend a lot of time on him, especially compared to like Tomas and his grandfather playing D&D for 15 minutes. Yeah. Like we're watching through all kinds of stuff that's not furthering the story to try and like make you feel and enjoy Tomas. And you're just like, look, I know he's going to beat the shit out of Santa with some gags around the house. Can we just get to it? Like, why are we sitting through this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should just get in the movie, though, so we can talk about it scene by scene. All right. So it opens with a quote that says, all children believe in magic and cease to do so only when they grow up, except those who have been too disappointed by reality to expect any reward from it. Bruno Bettelheim. That's me. I feel like that's about how traumatized the kid is after. Oh, you mean after after tonight, he's not going to yes. believe in magic anymore? Yeah, they're like, what a pity he doesn't believe in Santa. I'm like, he's also going to need years of therapy. <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean, at one yeah, point towards the yeah. end, uh, Natalie was like, oh, man, this is terrible because he still thinks that that is the real Santa Claus. Yes, because at a certain point I was like, well, he clearly understands that this is not Santa. This is an imposter who's trying to. And then at the end, he's like, even though you're Santa Claus, I was like, Oh no, he thinks Santa is a serial killer. Which emotionally is worse because he's like, I'm sorry I have to put you down, Santa, and I'm very sorry you are a serial killer. And which he basically says that later. Never meet your heroes. <laughs> Always meet M E A T your heroes. Those are called Euros. It's pronounced Euros. Oh, oh thank, yeah, you, thank, yeah. you, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. 
So we open on a snow globe with the Eiffel Tower, and then it says dial code Santa Claus 3615. Which I'm assuming is the original French title for it. It's the original French title of the movie, yeah. Uh, We pass by trash men, like garbage men picking up trash in the street in front of a kind of like a billboard for dial code Santa Claus, which it implies is like, and this is super, super early, but like a website you could log on to to chat with Santa Claus, like a chat room for Santa, which I know is a thing. Those existed. So, yeah, it's the one realistic thing in the film. <laughs> anyway, uh, we we see a bunch of children having a snowball fight in the street. And the one cool thing about it is one girl gets nailed directly in the face and they are just close on her face as it happens. It's great. Funnily enough, that's the same girl who gets punched by Santa later. Is it? No, I don't know. I just thought it would be funny. Like, she's the one who takes all the abuse. That would be funny. (laughs) But instead, so as they're playing, a man approaches them and just, like, picks up a snowball to start playing with the children. And the children, who all understand that this is an odd interaction and that he doesn't have a kid with him, He's not an adult that we know. They all just run away. They just take off running. Yes. Stranger danger and they gone. As you should in this situation. Yes. Absolutely. And and to be honest, this is the first thing that gave me predator vibes of like his face was going to open and have like a weird vagina with teeth. And, <laughs> different and kind of predator so. page. That's a different kind of predator. No. Predator vibes in which I felt like he was trying to like play with the kids to groom one to take one. I mean, yeah, we don't know. I mean, we have to assume yes, because we see what he does later. But also his eyes are freaky. So, yeah, he's like snowball fight. I don't really think you guys should be talking about his appearance because the one person who does that in this movie gets punched in the fucking face. (laughs) I know that little girl is like. (laughs) I don't like your face. And then he decks her. I mean, I'll, I'm just going to say it. that little girl was right. Yeah, she is right, Paige. She had good instincts. Yeah. She said, one, you're not the real Santa and I don't like your face. <laughs> only the main character could have such insight. I know. Also, Santa, Santa spoiler warnings throughout the whole episode. Yeah, the spoilers. So we cut to a kid in an airplane cockpit with the fan on and his dog in the like gunner seat. Yes. Yeah, like Charlie Brown. You mean our main character's bed, Paige? Yes. Because he sleeps sitting up like a sociopath. That's not his bed. That's in his secret toy place. It is in his secret toy place. He does have another bed in his bedroom. Okay. But this, we don't know that at this point. And so we're just like, this kid has a fucking plane in his house? Like, what is this? Where is he? Why is this happening? It looks like he fell asleep in a prop house. And then he gets up. He starts working out on a bow flex. Like, not, but like, basically a bow flex. A la bow flex? They're trying, yeah. Le bow flex. Uh, bow flay, if you will. That's what it is. Le bow flay. And then we get a bunch of, like, close-ups and they're definitely trying to do like a rambo thing a hundred percent yeah but we don't quite understand that yet because we're new to the movie we just got here and so it's like (laughs) a bunch of close-ups of a kid's sweaty muscles yeah Yeah. and like his gear up scene and i was like this is very uncomfortable this is a lot of skin for a kid i mean i knew he was like making fun of commando and like those like taken from commando yes all that stuff but still but the reason I'm sort of okay with it in Commando is because he's like 40 in Commando. He's not 13. And it's fucking Arnold at like 
peak triangle shoulders. Like, I am here for it. But this kid, like, is obsessed with 80s movies, which I was too as a kid, which was like, I totally dressed up like this for Halloween one year. I need pictures of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think you can do a Rambo Commando dress up montage without sexualizing the child yes Yes. thank you it was so creepy i was like this would be better if it was if he wasn't sweating it is still snowing outside fun fact about the director he was also the santa claus in this movie (laughs) oh no (laughs) i hated this movie another thing to note about this movie it has one of my favorite bad christmas movie tropes of not being able to get licensing rights for real christmas songs oh man and so that one song, song where like the lyrics don't make sense at all that's the later one but yeah. in this one the song is just i'm mr christmas <laughs> i love that it's my, it, like, i love the music Santa. in this movie i honestly did like that song too and there's like uh, there is the song in this movie that is exactly like um, Eye of the Tiger. It's like, bump. Yes. Bump, bump, bump. But it's just slightly bump, off. Bump, bump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's like the notes are a little bit different, but the rhythm's exactly the same. I yes, was like, oh, yes. wow. I guess the French like version of copyright is like, we gives no fucks. Yeah, no. Like, just do whatever you want. Yes. A little Leah's fair, if you will. <laughs> As Mikey says, yeah, they're very <laughs> Leah's fair with it. Lazy. <laughs> He's only ever read that word. Yeah. It's a hard word, even if you have heard it. <laughs> it's very difficult, Mikey. Yeah. Paige had to take years of French to be able to say it right. We. Mikey can't do it, but loves what we do. I don't know why do you do it backwards. You've seen The Little Mermaid. Like. <laughs> How would you guys have felt if the only sound the Santa made in this movie was exactly that? Accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, but for real, back at this movie, now that he's woken up in his giant one to one replica of a World War Two fighter plane. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to realize why the French Revolution took place over at Mary Antoinette's toy store. (laughs) (laughs) It's Marie Antoinette, not Mary Antoinette. But yeah, but she's modern. She's modern. It's like seven generations down. (laughs) Marie is still a modern name. Well. So many people are named so wait, Marie. Wait, are you saying that the, this family is derived from the Antoinette <laughs> line, and that's yes. why they still live in a huge fuck off castle? Because that's why they stashed all their stuff <laughs> in a hidden room. They also have a cake room. I don't know if you know. Oh my god, that's why he uses the cake server. Oh my god, this movie about capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've sexualized this kid with a mullet. Oh He's- man baby rambo and he's like mr christmas and then he's running through the hallways of this house that has like a million house plants so he's having like a real jungle rambo moment and he's got his dog who plays with him now uh jr and it is jr because for a hot second i was like is his dog's name junior but then in french he is saying jr JR. yeah Yeah, it's jr for john rambo did you guys not get that oh my god fuck no i did not yeah i i didn't and you're absolutely right that is exactly what it is that makes so much more sense you're gonna have to watch a rambo film as penance i don't mind rambo i like rambo but like i didn't even 
think about the fact that it was John Rambo, but you're right. That's why it's JR. That makes yes, sense. Yes, it is. Oh, man. Nailed anyway, it. so they're running through the house and he and the dog. And this is the most like obedient dog ever because the dog puts up with him. It is his playmate. It's his best friend. Just like John Rambo was to the U.S. government. <laughs> <laughs> Until the U.S. government pulled the trap door out from under its feet and made him yep. land in a net. They rule first blood. Yeah, until the U.S. government <laughs> threw Velcro ninja stars at John Rambo and he just let it happen. The U.S. government did not touch John Rambo. The local sheriff did. Only in the first one, though. Right. Well, then the, then the government was like, hey, we'll get you out of jail if you can break out Vietnam uh, prisoners of war that we left behind. The, the, the Rambo series goes places. Yeah, it does. Like down these hallways in this giant house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt so bad for this dog, though, because he is torturing this dog in this movie. That's how children are. But like, I mean, like the dog actor, like when the dog yeah. eventually does get killed. Sorry to say that out loud. But like yeah. in that scene, the actor is kicking the dog. Yeah. It's not like they cut away for the stabby part, which they do. Do, but like they he is fully kicking the shit out of that dog i was like that is why are we even showing that like why why is that necessary at least he didn't yeah. kick it while it was down i mean and, and i'm sure he's probably like faking it and not actually like full force kicking it and stuff but it's like not great yeah you know i was like oh i yeah. hate everything about this Anyway, so as he runs through the house, we're kind of seeing some of the other rooms in the house. And one of them is like a full blown server room and like Muzak system in the house. Yeah. Which like, yeah. Oh, does your house not have those? No. <laughs> right. Uh, no, my, my house had wood paneling growing up, so I didn't have this. No. Uh, I, I didn't have this either. <laughs> there was wood paneling in this house in the sauna room. Was there That's wood true, paneling in the sauna room? I thought it was just like all red walls. There was not, uh, but there typically is paneling in sauna rooms. So I'll yes, give it but to thank you. you for dismantling that joke. <laughs> it's now been disarmed. <laughs> well, anyone who watches the movie was going to be like, Mikey was wrong about the sauna. And I remember that specifically. And now I'm going to send you DMs on all social uh, media channels about until it. Until <laughs> you acknowledge your hate for Australia. Well, there's one thing about Paris that I know. It's not okay. architecturally significant. <laughs> oh, okay, do you want me to do a couple more? People no. there. I was just happy that the child didn't surrender to Santa Claus. <laughs> A first for them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, French was the first superpower, but all right. To fold. <laughs> no, I mean, France almost took over all of Europe with Napoleon. That's true. Yeah, but then they, you know, they got rid of Napoleon. Well, I mean, Napoleon sort of fucked up. He was like, let's invade Russia in the winter. That's a good idea, right? Mm -hmm. Leno. It was not. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Then literally the next century, Hitler tried to do the same thing and it didn't work either. Guys, summer. Russia's a summer country. <laughs> like, just Get it right. Don't go there. Yeah, just stop trying to invade anywhere. Like, what are we doing? I will as soon as they stop trying to invade the Midwest. Red Warriors! Or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's Red Dawn, babe. That's what it is. Fuck. Well, Red Dawn's the movie, but what do they shout? Wolverines. Wolverines! Wolverines! Oh, God. If, I, if there's a revolution here and I'm shouting my high school mascot, I'm just gonna... I mean, that would be weird because you've been out of high school for a number of years, but, like, they were in high school. Like, I'm okay with that. My high school mascot was the Comets. I mean, depending on how the world ends, you might still be shouting that mascot, brother. <laughs> Comets! Don't get me, you stupid space rock! Yeah. What was yours, Paige? Uh, the Eagles. Eagles is cool. That's more patriotic. I think that works better. Whenever I think about it, and, and this was not around at the time when I was in high school, but has become a thing since, I think of the Eagles of Thunder. 
saw that they do on on Always Sunny, Sunny, yeah. Sunny where they dress up like eagles. That's yeah. pretty great. It is pretty great. Anyway, back to this movie. He wakes up his grandfather by handcuffing him, Kinky, and then brings him to breakfast. Well, and and that's really the only time you see some of the mom's toys. Right, yeah. exactly. Her sexy, <laughs> sexy insulin. Yeah. No, I'm at the so, handcuffs, not the insulin page. Oh, well, fine. Okay, you know what? No kink shaming. So. <laughs> if your kink is insulin, that's a very expensive kink in the U.S. It, it is. Well, soon to not be as expensive, thank you, laws, yes. question mark. But I guess, yes. Yeah, I mean, whatever works. Yeah. Anyway. So they have breakfast and at breakfast through the mom and the grandfather talking, we kind of learned that the mom runs one of the most profitable toy stores. She's boss babing her way to the top and the grandfather can't see really well and right. has diabetes and the mom leaves her work and she's like i'm gonna be late i have a meeting and one of her co-workers just picked her up and the kid watches from the window and is like i don't like that she has like a co-worker boyfriend although it's implied that his father is dead and has been for yeah. a while yeah it's not like there's a divorce like he passed away right right and right. yeah he just doesn't like that his mom is dating i guess but like good for her yeah good for her although she's dating one of her employees right i mean she is dating a subordinate yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i i don't know that he's subordinate i thought he was potentially equal but i could have been wrong no i, I mean know. if she owns the place and he's yeah. like doing their taxes or doing their like bookkeeping stuff he works for her you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but also he's not a bad looking dude and no. he seems like a generally good dude. So like, Oh yeah. I, yeah. I don't think he's a bad guy. Like I do feel like as far as all the male representation goes, he's in the top three, you know, it's probably grandpa, him, Santa. So like, yeah. you know, I can't think <laughs> yeah. of any other male characters. I'm sorry. The policeman. Yeah. The policeman, I would rank the policeman and the caretaker above Santa. Oh, that's right. There was a male caretaker too. Yeah. So I mean, Santa still makes the top five. It is true. <laughs> I just can't wait till BuzzFeed gives us a top five male role models in Deadly <laughs> in Games. Deadly Games. <laughs> and then one of them is just John Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate male role model. <laughs> so his mom leaves. And she tells him to look after her, his grandfather as she goes. He uncuffs grandpa. Well, and they're at like breakfast at this point. Like he eventually cuffs grandpa to himself, right? And they're like down at breakfast. Yeah, He does all through breakfast. Yeah. So they eat breakfast handcuffed to each other. And it's really hard to do. It was yeah. cute. I thought it was cute. I, I say, Mikey, I vehemently hated this movie, but I really did enjoy like the grandfather and the kids like like relationship sort of relationship. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. I was like, man, when grandfather said I'm dead. Go on without me. I was like, oh, <laughs> anyway, we cut to the toy store or rather we cut to his mom going to the toy store where she's dressed like a pirate. Like, I think that's just the way her outfit shook out that day. But like, no, she's dressed like the fucking uh Nutcracker? No. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, she's dressed like a vampire. She's dressed like interview from a vampire. <laughs> this is this is like the third movie. Too soon, movie. guys. Anne Rice <laughs> just died today. Anne Rice just died last, very late last night. Uh, but also, we just watched, well, I guess it was a few weeks ago, but it's only aired a couple weeks ago, the movie where Roger Moore looked like Dracula. Yes. movie. <laughs> She looks like a noble woman from Marie Antoinette's time. She is, Mikey. She's just the descendant of Marie Antoinette. 
She's wearing her some of her clothes. Yeah. She has a trunk full of Marie Antoinette's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she presents gifts on Christmas morning. Just lifts the skirts and they're underneath. <laughs> it's like a green dress and she has like a star headpiece on it. I'm not yes. going to lie to you. Anytime anyone has ever lifted a skirt for me, it's been gifts all around. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, she gets to the toy store full on vamped out. That is not a euphemism either. Like. She goes to the <laughs> no. toy store. Although the toy store looks like a huge fuck off mall. Like I thought it was just like she had a store in the mall, but no, it's like the whole place. It's like the whole place and it's Au Pantin is the name of the store. And I'm sorry. Did you, were you clearing your throat just now? What was that? <laughs> yeah. Bless you. Uh, Au Pantin. <laughs> I didn't realize Mikey was learning to beatbox. That was impressive. Which is a real <laughs> department store. I think it is because it says it. there's a subtitle. I yeah. can't read it because it's in French. And, okay, good. I'm not crazy. So I was translating just mentally as I was watching it. And, and Ponton means spring. And I was like, spring. Uh, but apparently it is an actual like department store. So it'd be kind of like setting, uh, like if she was head of the toy store inside Macy's. Or maybe like she owns Macy's. It seems like yeah. she was Or she it. owns Macy's. Mr. Macy's. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Macy's. Mrs. Macy Antoinette, guys, please. Macy Antoinette. Her name yes. is Macy Antoinette. Antoinette. Get it together, guys. Look at her. She's got a full-on purge level, I mean, <laughs> security system. No, she doesn't know about that security system, though, Mikey. The nine-year-old child installed that security system. Yeah. If you don't have any bread, let them eat savings at Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a callback to uh, a Romance in the Pot episode last week. Yeah, Which yeah. will probably not be out by the time this comes out, right? Yeah, totally Isn't will. It? Okay. Are we ahead? Yeah, yeah. So it comes out Thursday. This will come out the next Monday. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you can edit this out. This is like weird or whatever, but like it kind of bothered me that the kid was like kind of like a Mary Sue. I don't know what the male equivalent is where like they can do anything. It's a Maury. It's a Maury Sue. Maury Sue, where at the end he just has to be like we've got the test results right here you are santa <laughs> <laughs> but mikey this kid can't do anything right he does electronics pretty good i mean i guess he does fix the car or whatever i guess the uh the darts do work but everything else doesn't work like the grenade doesn't work there's like a bunch of shit that does not play out at all yeah because he's a nine-year-old not a ballistics <laughs> expert <laughs> yeah, <he is. laughs> the closed circuit tv doesn't work yeah he's not the entire geek squad he's a nine-year-old <laughs> and he's working with computers not just a paint can which would definitely kill you yeah he should have gone more low-tech like kevin McAllister, and he would have done much better except he watched too many american movies at the time yeah yeah anyway so she walks into her meeting at the toy store and she's just like fuck everything hire a million people throw a party right now and they were like you should have asked us to do this a month ago and she's just like i'm the boss and they're like yes bitch okay fine <laughs> That is very much what happens. Like, hey, why didn't you ask us to do this a month ago? Fuck you, do it. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I write your checks. Like, that's what it is. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Paige. What? Where does Kevin's family go in Home Alone 1? Don't they, they go to do Paris? Go to they France. do go yes. to Paris. Oh, my God. <laughs> he definitely stole the idea from this movie. 
Right? He was like, I'm going to steal this idea because I'm John fucking Hughes and I can do whatever I want. And in my movie, I'm going to give a nod to the IP I stole it from. Very possibly. I wish they had gone to Macy Antoinette's when they were in <laughs> Paris. That would have been amazing. I mean, I think it could also absolutely be him being like, I like that concept. I bet I could do something like that. And then ending up basically writing that. <laughs> So, oh, but like, I mean, like it's all—it's kind of like Groundhog's Day. It's like the day repeating. Like people have done like different versions oh, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like I—I I still think this is mad close. No, not unless the Sticky Bandits were like real Sticky Bandits. <laughs> you don't know that they weren't. Oh, who's the tall guy? He's the one I would suspect as being a real Sticky Bandit, not Joe Pesci. The other dude. I think Joe Pesci is sticky for different reasons. And the reason they're is wet Marinara. And then Sticky Bandits. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, they're Wet Bandits first, right? Right. Because listen, I find that in the normal course of events, wet happens before sticky. I mean, if you're doing it right. <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> this is very dirty for Christmas. Well, I mean, this is a dirty Christmas movie. Yeah. Anyway, so... She gets her way. They're going to have a weird Christmas street fair at the drop of a hat. Right. So we cut back to the castle where Tommy and his friend Pilou are playing with a Santa computer program, which turns out to be that message board. Hate that Pilou guy. I didn't like him. Yeah, Pilou does not believe in Santa. I was hoping Santa would uh, catch that bike later on. I, for a hot second, it looks like Santa's gonna catch him. And I'm like, are they gonna just straight up kill a kid in this movie? I thought he was gonna murk a child. When when he's riding away in the snow and falls, I literally said, oh, that kid's fucking dead. Yes. But he doesn't get killed, right? He gets away. No, he gets away. He gets away because the policeman is there. So that's right. Santa goes after the policeman instead. Anyway, he and Pilou disagree, but he on the message board starts talking to someone who claims to be Santa. Yeah. And is answering questions and is like, well, where's your house? I'll come by tonight because this is early internet days and we hadn't warned people about shit like that yet. Right. Huh. And it is also Christmas Eve, right? We've talked about that. So right. like, it's not weird that Santa would want to come by that specific night. It would be weird that he asked for your address as the kid kind of acknowledges. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. Cause Santa should have his address, right? Yeah. And it's not like there aren't castles all over France. You can't just be like, yeah, I'm the one castle in Paris. He'd be like, yeah, there's like 90 of those. <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. Uh, we cut to a street corner where they have almost like an internet kiosk. And it's the creepy guy from before deliberately chatting with children on the internet kiosk. So yeah. at that point, I was like, well, I wonder why modern society went away from internet kiosks around the. Have you ever been to a public library? It's a disaster. Uh, well, I, I do remember in Europe, there were internet cafes and they did kind of have like, not necessarily like in this movie, but there were like booths kind of. Like private booths? Not private. Almost like like a almost like an ATM. Like if you walked up to an ATM. Yeah, this one is very public. It's like in a walk area yeah. where people like walking from store to store. It's like out in the open, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could only access certain things from them. It was not like fully functional internet. And then there were internet cafes that had like actual internet where you had like computers and shit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's accessing the message board from it. And it is the creepy guy from before. And for me, this is like I initially suspected Predator. And now I know he's a Predator. Like where is whatever the French version of Chris Hansen is. Le Chris Hansen. Like, I don't know. That sounds right to me. I don't know. Yeah. I just want the guy who like dresses as a bush at the end of those shows to like <laughs> just, just come tackle, tackle him. <laughs> I don't know who yes. that guy was, 
but I think he deserves his own show. Like that guy was the hero every episode and got no screen time. That guy was amazing. Yeah. I heard a, a like an hour long interview with Chris Hansen the other day on another podcast, and it was fascinating. I bet <laughs> about like how they started the show and stuff. I'll be honest with you, like well. that is a job I would not want. Like th- to be Chris Hansen, like that would be so difficult for like because he would sit down with these people like Mm -hmm. that's that would be so difficult yeah he told stories about when they'd have like repeats like like he would catch the same person more than once he'd be like hey what's up maurice and maurice is like (laughs) i'm a joker i'm a smoker i'm a oh no nope i brought some bartles and some james James. Anyway, so we cut <laughs> Wait, to... Hold on. We got to go back. What? That show ruined something for me in college that I want to talk about because that show came out when I was college grad school or whatever. Mikey, if you say dating, I'm going to be very upset no. with you. Okay, good. You can't just like show up to a bitch's house with cookies and Bartles and James anymore. <laughs> they assume shit. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm 19. And you're like... I know. <laughs> I was 19. I was 19 at this time. I know. I know. It ruined Mike's Hard Lemonade because there was a lot yes. of good lines that I yes. could have used on that. Nope. Never drank the stuff because it was just always like, hey, I'm here to like do really <laughs> awful things. And here's some Mike's, Mike's Hard, Hard lemonade. lemonade. I bet Mike's Hard Lemonade hated this show. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like Twisted Tea when it became a meme, right? You don't want to be associated with To Catch a Predator. Yeah, you don't want to be like, yeah, I'm the predator's drink of choice. (laughs) (sighs) There's so so many puns I could have made and stuff, and it was just like, it's all gone. Mikey, give me your top two Mike's Hard Lemonade openers. (laughs) Go. You may drink that, but do you want to see Hard Mike's Lemonade? (laughs) No. No. I love that you had that one locked and ready to go. Like, there was no time. You were just like, oh, you want me to answer that call? I will yes and that. And that's why I love you so much. (laughs) That was amazing. Or like, let's say you go to the store and it's out, and I'd be like, Mike's Hard Time Finding Lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) I actually like that one better. <laughs> Mike's hard time finding lemonade. <laughs> Is Smirnoff ice okay? <laughs> Mikey, that's the perfect excuse to not bring anything. Be like, hey, I was going to try and get some Mike's hard lemonade, but Mikey had a hard time finding it. <laughs> finding lemonade. lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, you can't even mention those words without pedophiles. <laughs> just lining up outside your door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you just have to be like, girl, I'm going to grab that pussy with my white claw. <laughs> It just doesn't work as well. And he just picks up both of his hands and he's got one sparkly glove on. (laughs) It's like the Michael Jackson glove. Why does it have talons? Uh, You guys are amateurs. I would go up and I would say, Bud Light Orange, you glad I'm talking to you? Because Bud Light Orange, that's fine. Fuck all (laughs) y'all. I honestly want you to like do exactly what you just did, but at a bar somewhere, like walk up to somebody, give them a line that does not work and be like, all right, fuck all y'all. I'm out of here. <laughs> just, just walk back. I, I had one of my best friends in the world before he was married, before he had a kid, we would go to bars occasionally and he would always approach women with, 
hey, settle a bet for me. And there was one time he was like, hey, give me a quote unquote settle a bet for me line. And there was a lady at the bar who had like a bag. Like it, it, it was like a, it was probably like a takeaway bag from a restaurant, but it was like, it looked like a lunch sack, but a little bit bigger. You know what I'm saying? Like those brown lunch uh-huh. sacks. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, ask her if there's a severed head in that bag. <laughs> so he walked over and said, hey, settle a bet for me. Do you have a severed head in that bag? And she thought it was the funniest shit ever. They ended up talking for a little while. It was, yeah, I don't know. I, that would have worked on me. I can't 100%. believe he did it. Jeff, you're a legend. That's all I'm going to say. Anytime I start bombing, I go into Back to the Future where I'm like, you guys just aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> well, you should say our kids are going to love it. <laughs> Paige is nodding her head. That you'd lose me with that one. You'd win me with severed head, but yeah. Anyway, I couldn't believe he did it, and I couldn't believe it worked. <laughs> I, I that doesn't surprise me that it works. That's that's amazing. It was pretty like funny. Right, people making fun of you for drinking lemonade. You'd be like, Mike's giving me a hard time lemonade. <laughs> These are so dumb, but Paige loves them so much. No, I don't love them. I'm just shocked it's still happening. So, but I was in the Mississippi. You know, I went to Mississippi State for college. So it was Mike's Hard Country Time Lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, God. Anyway, Santa murderer. So we're at the toy store and he sees a Santa outside and he walks inside the store and we just kind of, we don't even really see it happen. We just kind of overhear it, although I saw it in subtitles. He just says, I'm here for the job. Do you still need a Santa? So we cut to Tommy's fixing the car, which is nuts. He's like under the car doing work. Yeah. But we find out the granddad can't see shit. So there's no way the granddad can fix anything. Well, he's no. like Richie Rich, but like someone tried to murder Richie Rich. I, I guess, mean, yes. but I feel like Richie Rich couldn't fix cars. Richie Rich would be like, fix that car. Well, you're right, Paige. But he is like Richie Rich in the sense that he's rich as shit and has a shitload of toys. Yeah. Like, so I, I sort of understand where Mikey's coming from, but Richie Rich was not also MacGyver. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the French version of MacGyver, and all I can think of- I think is- the French version of MacGyver is just MacGruber, right? I, well, <laughs> Le Gruber! <laughs> Le Gruber. Anyway, so- He's fixing the car. Grandpa, he he gets it started. He and Grandpa go do donuts in the snow because apparently Grandpa's like, yeah, you drive. But the whole reason he fixed the car is so that his mom won't have to carpool to work to get rid of her boyfriend, basically. Right. I did love that that was his motivation. Yes. Uh, So we cut to later that night. He's setting up the closed circuit TV to basically watch for when Santa's going to be there. Oh, man. The computer screen when he's setting up the cameras and it's like eight bit living room and then eight bit hallway with like the camera that turns in the circle that like goes through it. Well, my favorite was his armband with the screen that was like this large yeah. like just such oh. a small screen and the only thing worse than that armband is the talk boy from home alone 2 oh the talk boy fuck yeah yeah God, maybe they did steal this movie i know I, I actually thought about the talk boy when i saw this i was like well and that's home alone too so like he very mm. well could have stole that sort of stuff because there was plenty of yeah. time to do all that no i was just thinking of the movie congo where that one gorilla has the the <laughs> sega power or <laughs> nintendo power glove is it Sega or me, Nintendo? Amy, Amy, me. <laughs> Amy, Amy. Amy scared. Hurt Amy. No, Amy. Yes. Put down the sesame cake. I love the movie Congo. Me too. It is so bonkers. I love it so much. I love it so much. <laughs> you know who's in Congo? Ernie fucking Hudson. Yep. And Tim Curry. It's an amazing, it's an yeah. amazingly bad movie. And but I Amy love it. the Gorilla. <laughs> Featuring Amy, Amy the Gorilla. 
Amy SAG eligible. Anyway, so he sets up his cameras. He's got his armband. And it's implied that he wants to try and get evidence that Santa exists. I do love the end of the scene is like, oh, I'll be the first person to ever see and have proof that Santa exists. I wonder if I could capture him. Yeah. Like it goes to that immediately. I was like, oh, this kid's also unhealthy. Oh, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry. You think a child that's like, I am Rambo slash Schwarzenegger <laughs> is maybe a little unhealthy? Oh, I, I just think it's because half of the male family figures in his life have left him. So he's like, well, if there's another one in the house, I want to make sure it stays here. Well, it sounds like you're projecting. <laughs> I, what fair. I really would have liked was to see him getting like santa footprints to be like it's bigger than a normal man it must be a santa squatch or something like that but <laughs> oh my god hang on one second we need to make santa squatch a movie <laughs> holy shit how have no one knows no one knows this it's like it starts off with like a sasquatch hunter and they're like we we find that the sasquatch actually lives very far north and they like go like as far north as possible and they just find santa squatch oh. but these big footprints are always have super tiny footprints around it. And they smell like sugar cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I want what Paige is talking about. I want a Halloween franchise for Christmas. I want Murder Santa every year. That's, uh, that's Except for I the want. third one. The third one canonically is not involved in the whole Santa kill universe. <laughs> it just takes no, place. That in one's Santa. an anthology where Santa <laughs> travels using the power of Stonehenge. We had a bitch of a time getting it to the North Pole. <laughs> but don't ask us how we got it here because we don't will not tell you. We got it here. Yeah. We won't tell you. How did Santa get Stonehenge? Obviously the sleigh, but it's I'm fine. I'm here for it, but I really want it to be more of like a Jason Voorhees situation where it's like santa's back yeah we electrocuted him back from the dead like, yes that I'm kind da- of crazy because the whole thing would make sense because it's like teenagers start having sex and it's like santa's like naughty list and he just starts murdering <laughs> do you realize where you guys were boning on santa's grave yeah <laughs> the harbinger can be carolers Oh, my God. Okay. This is a real thing I think we should do. We need to reach out to Hallmark and start making Hallmark holiday horror. It's going to be a success for the alliteration alone. Well, I think you got to reach out to Shudder, not Hallmark. Oh, I don't know. I think we'll reach out to everybody. Yeah, Listen, everyone tweet at everybody until someone gets (laughs) us. I don't know. The budget for this movie is probably going to need about three dollars. We're going to need about three dollars to pull this (laughs) off at the Hallmark level. I'm still pitching the theory that Santa's a vampire. I like that. Vampire Santa is, yeah. is a great, great option. He comes out only at night. He sees you yeah, when you're sleeping. Yeah, he sees you when you're sleeping. Yeah. There's plenty of evidence to suggest that he is a vampire. Yeah. He lives forever. Yeah. So you better get crosses and some garlic. Santa is gonna drain your blood quick. quick. Vampire Claus is coming, coming to, town. to town. I love it. Well, yeah. There's no way this is not going to be a success, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We cut to the street carnival by the toy store. And this is where a little girl comes up to Santa. And here's the thing. We see like a, a stream of kids go past him as Santa. And instead of like, I don't know if this is a cultural thing. I don't know how Santa works in France. But in America. God, Santa. <laughs> God is Santa. It's Merry Christmas. Damn it. Don't take my guns. Uh, but like. <laughs> Typically American Santa, you like sit on Santa's lap and then you tell him what you want for Christmas and then you keep it pushing. Oh, yeah. But in France, though, you face him and you stare deeply into his eyes. Yes. 
I was so weirded out by that. Yeah. The first person to look away gets the gift. So or the, the last drive-in. The first person goes, to not break eye contact gets the gift. The last drive-in goes into what's different between their Santa and our Santa. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it would have been really great for me to remember all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it would have. Yes, it would have been. It would have been. But it does look like they're telepathically telling him what they want for Christmas. Just like, <laughs> oh, that's one of it was on there. They Santa delivers presents during midnight mass, not when you're asleep. Okay, I mean that makes sense in the story because the story is aiming for like midnight specifically, and in America, it's just when you're asleep. It doesn't yes. have a time frame. Yeah, right. Because of stupid Protestants. <laughs> I think it's more just a daylight ta- savings issue. <laughs> like in our time zones and like, you know. Um, but yeah, so apparently in France, the children stare Santa down in a battle of wills. And it would have been weird if it was one child, but it was like three children in a row <laughs> where I was just like, what? And then he meets a girl named Marion. Marion. Which I think this is one of the scariest scenes of the film. This, for me, this was uh, rule of threes, scariest shit he did. And I'm like, oh, he's an evil predator and he's going to kill people because he's like stroking her face. I hated it. I hated every all of it here. And here's the thing. I know that I just talked about how in America you sit on Santa's lap uh, and that's a lot of physical contact. But if Santa started stroking a child's face, do you have any idea how quickly security would be ripping that child off his lap? Like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like so fast. As they should. Also, it's not just children. I've taken multiple adult photos on Santa's. Not adult photos as in risque, as in I yeah. was an adult. Yeah, we all know you meant burlesque, Santa. You went to the mall in burlesque <laughs> outfit and did a risque photo shoot with just a random mall it. Santa. Rando uh, Santa Rizian. No, but one year my sister and I were like, I think 16 and 18, like, like too old to be doing it. And my parents basically just like dared us to go sit on Santa's lap. God, I love your parents so much. And they have the pictures of it too. But so we're like full, like fully grown, like basically almost adults. And we're sitting there like telling Santa what we want for Christmas. And then we like came off and they bought the pictures and everything. Of course. And I would have bought the pictures. They, did. they love you. Hell I still yeah. have them somewhere. I got to find it. I want it's a to pretty see funny them. picture. Yes. My parents were like, how was it? And my sister just went, Santa still had food in his beard from his break. <laughs> like, oh yeah you really want to be shorter to do this yeah so uh he's stroking marion's face and then marion looks up at him and is like you're not santa she even says i don't like your face but also that's a very normal thing if you're a mall santa where kids are like i don't think you're really santa and they're just like quit snitching bitch like you know like people tell me they don't like my face all the time <laughs> do you punch them mikey yes <laughs> well i'm glad i've never said that to you <laughs> you have a very kind um, face mikey i don't think anyone's ever said that to you yeah it's a nice face you'd be surprised Aww. like you're the kind of person like if i needed a jump in like a kroger parking lot i would definitely come ask you yeah i'd be like he looks trustworthy yeah they I, that does happen to me a lot also a woman growled at me today at the dickens festival she growled Wait, at what? you what the fuck on. pause everything on. what <laughs> she was dressed up as either a bear or a reindeer Okay. And like her and her husband, and she comes up to my face, and she's like, R-r-r-r-r-r-r-r. and I was like, "Are y'all swingers?" Because this was weird. <laughs> and like my mom and little brother and girlfriend were like, "Did that woman just growl at you?" And snarling, and I was like, "Yeah, let's just move on." That is insane. 
Well, not as insane as my initial mental image of it before I found out she was dressed as like a wolf or a bear. Oh, yeah. When I, I just saw when some I random just, woman like... Argh. Or a lady dressed as like Dickens times, just being like... <laughs> she was, she's like, I'm Jackie the Ripper. <laughs> I'll rip them clothes no, off. I'm yeah. not saying she was full on costume. This was just a Christmas sweater. So it was still a weird growl. I mean, yeah, I can definitely see that. And like her husband like whispered to her and then she grounded me and I was like, oh no, I don't know what this is. I don't like it. That, that was very much like them walking over to you at a bar like, hey, we've been watching you yes. for the past 20 minutes. We really like your vibe. You want, us, you want us to buy you a drink? Let's chat a little bit. We really like your vibe. Would you like some mold wine or Christmas goose? <laughs> <laughs> this Christmas, we were hoping that God would bless us, everyone. You well, feel me? Wink, 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 wink. I'm going to have myself a Mike's hard timeout. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if the ghost of Swinger's future meets up with you, it's going to look a lot like us. Uh, it was so weird. So, so weird. It just had my family turn to the right and be like, did that woman growl at you? And I was like, yes. But you have to say it like you're in a Dickens novel. Did that woman growl at you? <laughs> yes. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> no, you did it right, Mikey. You nailed it. That was perfect. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was not a leash. It was Jacob Marley's chains. So <laughs> Marley's a swinger. I'm sorry. Yep. I just mm -hmm. got the uh, yep. Christmas Carol, but like the, the Muppets version. I love that version. It's the musical version, Mikey. You'd love it. I think that growling couple wanted to take you to Fuzzy Wigs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Marion doesn't like his face, which is basically just her being like, you're not the real Santa. And he just like his eyes get all crazy. She pulls down his beard, too. Yeah. It's an elastic beard. Yeah, it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah, it's not like it hurt him or anything. It's not a reason to punch a child. Yeah, Mikey, you never punch a child. What are you doing? Unless they're evil or possessed. Yeah, she's not evil. She's obviously innocent and asking for toys. This, I thought he was going to murder her straight up right here. He didn't have a cake server yet. Yeah, he didn't have the cake server yet. But also maybe it was because she didn't stare him down like the other children. <laughs> but she does get punched right in front of her mom. No, it's not her mom. That is the mom oh, of the main it's, character. It's the main character's mom. Yeah, that's Macy Antoinette. Yeah, it's it's Macy's Antoinette. And she like snags her away from him because she's like, oh no, child in trouble. And then fires him, basically. Tells him to go report. To the personnel office, yeah. And grabs the girl and she's like, where's your mom? Your mom's not here. And, and she's like, your mom left you all alone? She's like, no, she left me with Santa. Which again, don't fucking do that, man. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, she goes, oh, your mom left you alone? And the kid's like, yes. But <laughs> yeah. But she says, no, she left me with Santa. Well, no, I mean, you left me with Santa. You don't know Santa. Santa's a bad dude, apparently. Oh, you'd be fucking amazed after years in retail how many people just leave their kids alone and do not think about who could be around them and i'm like <sighs> it's a store full of people and not all of them mean well for your children and they know children are out and they know people are out and they know that you're distracted and not paying attention so like keep your kids close to you yeah out in public keep your kids close and your enemies closer yeah <laughs> so he gets fired he goes to the personnel office where he overhears her boyfriend talking about the shipment that's going to her house and he decides to basically go find that shipment yeah so he finds it and this is there's a weird line here that I didn't understand. They're loading it all up and they're like, is it the boss's stuff? Yeah, that's the life of Riley. And I'm like, 
who is Riley? <laughs> the kid's name is Thomas. Yeah. But we cut back to the castle where Tommy and Grandpa are playing D&D. And he's kind of asking, he's like, I wonder if Santa really exists. Like, did Napoleon exist? And I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Napoleon and Santa are very different. But Napoleon definitely existed. They're not that different. Power hungry men and ridiculously bright colors. <laughs> is this going to be your alternate reality for Santa in this film? This is a new thing that Mikey is doing is that whenever we watch a movie, Mikey has written a completely different movie in his head and we get to hear about it for the first time on the show. Head cannon. I, Napoleon's not in this movie. <laughs> Head cannon. That's how Napoleon killed a bunch of people. I would love it. If, I would love it if Napoleon like invaded the North Pole and you just have like a bunch of like soldiers wearing blue and a bunch of elves wearing red and they start fighting each other. Like, oh, that sounds real good. It does. I'm here for that. Yeah. Anyway, so they're playing D and D, and it's implied that the night is getting later. But Jr. the dog sees the van with the <laughs> gifts pull up outside. You, you want to talk about how he asked if Santa Claus could be an alien? No, although we do need to talk about that. I just wanted to say, do you guys know the Napoleon quote about a soldier will fight long and hard for a little bit of ribbon or whatever? Yeah. Santa's version would be a soldier will fight long and hard for a present with a ribbon. Or ribbon candy. Oh, I yeah. like all of this. I really feel like Napoleon Santa could be a Hallmark horror movie. North Polian. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, Paige. When we exiled Napoleon, he actually went to the North Pole. And most people thought it was the Isle of Elba, and they were wrong. The Count of Monte Cristo doesn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> they thought he died of syphilis, but no, he got bit by Dracula. And now he is eternally <laughs> North Polian. It's because it's dark through more of yes, the year. Exactly. That's why he lives in the North Pole. Yeah. Yeah. Put it together, Paige. God, this, Paige. Is, this is like a dead so dead snow spin-off North <laughs> Oh man, I love this. I need your North fan <laughs> art for North Polian. Just like I want a Santa in like a red, like military uniform from like the eighteen hundreds, but his hand in his shirt because they couldn't oh, afford yeah. to paint fingers. Here here's what's terrible. My brain started outlining North Polian <laughs> and it could work. I can yes. see it working. Yes, it will work, Paige. Somebody call Hallmark. <laughs> Somebody get Paige more time off so she can write North Poli. <laughs> <laughs> I got your first 30 pages right here. I don't care what you write, Paige, but at some point in the movie, North Polian needs to say, This is the present of a killer, Bella! <laughs> <laughs> this is oh. the belly full of jelly of a killer, Bella. <laughs> And if you leave him milk and cookies, he's just like, I can't eat these. I need blood. It just makes him angrier. He's just like, they think I am some sort of Santa Claus. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no, wait. That's even better. We'll just do it like the movie The Santa Claus with, with Tim Allen, but Napoleon. But he's a vampire. Like, Napoleon actually kills Santa, and he's like, oh, no. <laughs> you mean like oh, Napoleon like, oh, accidentally no. killed Santa in the <laughs> revolution? <laughs> and, and he's like the first one who has to do the Santa Claus? Okay, wait. Now I'm way more on board. That That's a great North Polian option. <laughs> I moved to Napoleon. How can I be Santa Claus? You spent your whole life trying to conquer the world when you could have been bringing it joy. Yeah, I'm in it. I'm in it. 
I just want to see the, the scene where Napoleon is talking to his generals and he's like trying to hide how much weight he's gained and the beard he keeps like shaving off and, and the next tent over. Like, yeah, I want to see these scenes. We could do this. 100% we could do this. I'm so tired of this hot chocolate. <laughs> Chocolat. <laughs> All right. I, I very much need your North Polian fan art. Please send in your North Polian fan art. I need it so bad. Oh. Anyway. So we cut to the van is pulled up outside and JR is kind of noticed, but Grandpa and Tommy are going to bed, although Tommy is actually going to sneak out and watch the chimney. So we cut to the caretakers where they're about to unload that van and he just straight up kills the guy in that van immediately. Yeah. Uh, He then we it's assumed he murders the caretakers because he encounters them and he's kind of like the Terminator in Terminator 2 where he like just skewers the foster parents. Yeah. I mean, he definitely does kill the caretakers. We see the caretakers later. We just don't see them actually get killed. They are very dead later. So meanwhile, uh, Thomas is sneaking back out. And this is the first time we see him go through Narnia, which is the back of his wardrobe through a fridge and then (laughs) into the bottom floor of the house, which was extra weird because there's a bar in L.A. where you it's like you enter and it just looks kind of like a a basement with a basement fridge. And then you go in through the basement fridge. We have a place like that here. They're like little speakeasies that you have to know, like the secret entrance to get into. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, he goes down and sits sits under the table now, the cake server that the Santa will have later to murder people with actually comes from there's a Yule log cake on the table, like a Swiss roll with like yeah, little yeah. meringue yeah. mushrooms. So my mom got a real one a couple of years ago. I've always wanted to make one. Yeah. They're rich, but they're pretty good. God, I wish I lived closer to you, Paige. Too bad. I know. But mainly because Jake lives with you. I mean, he, he got to go to my work thing last night looking cool in a sweater. So God damn it. I wish I could look cool in a sweater. (laughs) (laughs) Nonsense. You'd look cool in three sweaters. (laughs) If you'd wear it over your last layer, people could see it. You'd be fine. I'm only wearing two layers right now. I have my shirt and a hoodie on. No, no, no. The headphones are a layer because they're outside the hoodie. Well, then I have three layers on. Fine. I have three (laughs) layers (laughs) Everybody wears sweaters as undershirts. It's fine. (laughs) This is just a shirt I got from H&M. It's really cheap. I have one layer. You guys are mean to me. I am cold. Tiny Tim, put another coal in the fire, okay, man? <laughs> Please, uh, may I God have bless some us, more? everyone except Mikey. <laughs> it's a Mike's give me a hard time lemonade. <laughs> anyway, so we cut back to the store where his mom is closing the store at 10 p.m. And she's like, I want to stay and do the accounting. And her boyfriend is like, go home to your kid. It's I Christmas. Will do the books. Yeah, go home to your kid. Don't worry about it. And so she's like, okay, bye. So she leaves. Meanwhile... Tomas is playing a card game under the table, watching the chimney for Santa, and the phone rings. He bumps his head trying to grab it, but he does grab the phone, and it's his mom from a giant car phone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was 1990. Like, that was the actual car phone. Yeah. 89. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. So this is like the height of luxury in 89. Well, yeah. She's Macy's Antoinette. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. She's like, bonjour. And uh, basically tells him that he shouldn't try to see Santa because then Santa will turn into an ogre and hurt him. Right. And at this point, we're almost 40 plus minutes into the movie. So, like, it has taken us this long to get to, like, an evil Santa in this movie. Well, I mean, yes, it is paced terribly. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we cut to what I assume is the caretaker's house and the evil Santa sprays his beard and his hair with tree flocking spray. I love this so much because he's like <laughs> laughing into the mirror while he does yes, it. While he I was does like, it? this guy is either insane or is way too into theater. And he was like, aha, I can make my hair white. Like it was uh-huh. so crazy. Acting. I know yeah. it's so bonkers. I loved it so much. So we cut back to the main house and Tommy's asleep under the table, but he hears an ornament break and then sees a rope come down the chimney. I thought this was a cool shot. That rope sort of falling. And then you see the feet. Yeah, it was a very cool shot. And it very much looks like a magical Santa. uh, And it's kind of idealized the way that he's looking at it. And JR comes and barks at him. And then he like kicks the dog. Yes. A bunch of times. And then grabs the cake server and stabs the dog to death. It was so fucking sad. Yeah, it was real sad. I did not like it at all. I honestly was not expecting them to murder a dog in this movie. I was. (laughs) <laughs> Rambo had it coming It's unfortunate that Santa drew first blood <laughs> uh, And then Home Alone is Santa drew first blood part two <laughs> Anyway, so Tommy at this point is like Oh my god, Santa killed my dog So he runs to try and get up, get Grandpa up He drags him through Narnia to his secret place through that door, that fridge door out to the garage, they try to get into the car and they're trying to drive away. But Santa stops them. And this is fucking scary. Yes. Because he's like standing at the end, like in front of their car. And then he smacks his head on their windshield to break it. And then he finds a mallet and he destroys <laughs> he, that car. He's terrifying. He yeah, terrifying. He's a terrifying villain in a bad movie. Yes. yes. When he smashes his head, I was like. This guy, this is too much. I would have passed out. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a out. lot. <laughs> Unfortunately, a nine-year-old has made that car stop running hours ago. I do think it's funny that they get it started and they argue over whether they should run over the murderous Santa or not so long that it stalls and they can't get it started again. I was like, just run him over. He's trying to kill you. Who cares? Right. Well, he thought he was real Santa. And Grandpa <laughs> thought it was a nightmare. <laughs> He just wasn't invested yet. Grandpa was like, it's just a red blur. I don't know what it is. Is it the Russians? Is it Santa? We have no way of knowing. There's no way to know. All I know is I'm going to go to my favorite hiding spot, the armor in the hallway. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Yeah. So they sneak back out through the fridge into Narnia, into their Isle of Misfit toys. Yes. This is where we find out that it's a secret passage in the house that only he and dad and whoever know about and all of their toys are there. So meanwhile, they decide that they need to call someone to get help. I do think that every choice they make for the most part in this movie is valid and accurate. Like there's never a, like they're always trying to get to a phone or trying to get help in a way that seems reasonable. The unreasonable part is like, I'm going to do it with this trap door and a Gatling gun. (laughs) You're just like, what? Like, anyway, so he wants to keep grandpa in the toy room where he thinks grandpa is safe because he knows that grandpa can't, you know, fight this guy. Right. And I think this is sort of like the room of requirement. Like, if you don't know the door that, like, secretly gets you into this room, you can't get into it. So it is somewhat safe, question mark? I think. I don't know. I mean, I would have a hard... I mean, I wouldn't look in the, like, try to open the back of people's closets. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah. So... Thomas Rambo's up and then he basically makes his way through the house to try and get to his mom's office to use the phone. Anyway, he triggers a trap door that or is trying to trigger 
the trap door in the hallway because he sees that Santa's right behind him. Um, but instead closes all the windows with the security system that I guess he is a nine-year-old installed. Yeah, of course. Anyway, he does eventually trigger the trap door, but he doesn't close the trap door, which would have ended this movie right here. Yeah. Because then that guy would have just been trapped. So this is what I hate. There's so many of these like things in this movie where he gets trapped and then it cuts away and he's not trapped anymore. He's like in a different part of the house. Like mm-hmm. there's a part in this movie where the main character or the kid takes like four hours to set up traps while this Santa is just loose in the house. Right. It's yes. Terrible. It's terrible. I thought it was when he was stuck in the sauna. No, no it's. It's part that and part later because I felt the same way where I'm like he could walk in at any time because he's out walking around while he's setting up these traps because as soon as he finishes setting one, the guy trips it. Anyway, so he makes it to where his mom's office is supposed to be, but it's a literal maze. Like there is a maze in the middle of this house for no reason. Look, that's rich people shit, man. It is rich people (laughs) shit. You would know, you 1% bastard. (laughs) This is like a big open area. Why don't we make like 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 a rat maze but with like real fancy art? Like a bank Yeah. Like an art maze. <laughs> yeah. Confuse predators and your children at Macy's. Like that. <laughs> well, really, it's a it's a statement on like modern society. Sure. That you're too busy running the rat race to like really admire the beauty of every day. You gotta be a rat to win the rat race, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be a quote, right? That, yeah. That has to be. I can't have made that up. So he finds a staircase, climbs up into what looks like the attic, but has a desk and a phone and no lights. So I'm guessing that is the office. That's his timeout room. That's <laughs> <laughs> where he's keeping Jane Eyre's husband's wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's where his dad is. It's a gender reversal. Oh, oh, his dad wasn't dead. His dad is Santa. Maury pops out like Santa. You are the father. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yes, Father Christmas. I thought we established this. <laughs> <laughs> Cookie skin, milky blood. Yeah, the whole thing. I'm the father of the French Empire. I don't know what accent that was, but it bordered on wingdings. <laughs> so Sam is up there and ends up trapping him up there and basically breaks the phone and forces purely by like Tommy's trying to get away. His only option is to climb out the window. Yeah. And he does. So he climbs out onto the gables of the house in the freezing cold while it's snowing. With no shoes on. With no shoes on. And at one point, he gets far enough away where Santa's not going to chase him. And he ends up just like leaning against the house and just crying that he wants his mom. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God, this fucking brutal kid. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're going to miss those toes later on in life. When you want to try and like get freaky with them toes. Oh, oh. He's nine, Paige. Nine toes because he lost one in the frostbite. <laughs> this little piggy went to market. This little piggy had roast beef. And this little piggy got removed because it got frostbite. And this little piggy was stuck on a chairlift because they couldn't think to make a rope out of their clothes to get down. Anyway. <laughs> So he kind of starts making his way to another window on the other side of the house. Meanwhile, his mom keeps calling on the car phone and no one is answering. So she's trying to call the caretaker. She calls her boyfriend. No one's answering. She's starting to get worried. So meanwhile, Thomas climbs to another gable and to another window. And he gets grandpa to answer on the walkie talkie and tells him, 
that he's going to send an emergency message with his computer because someone's got to see it. He actually sends a fax is what he does. Yes, he does. Yeah. But he climbs back through into what is essentially like the server room that we saw earlier. And he sends a message both to the boyfriend or at least to his mom's office. And the boyfriend is in the mom's office and Pilou, his friend. So as that's happening, grandpa accidentally makes some noise down in the secret room and Santa hears it through the fridge and goes through the fridge to realize that it's a trap door and uh, Tommy's hearing this on the walkie-talkie. So he basically tries to get down there as fast as he can, but it's blurry Santa with a cake server again. He's going <laughs> to serve himself a slice of grandpa. A slice of gramps. But Tommy comes through the other side and pulls grandpa through Narnia just in time. They make a run for it. Santa's right on their tail, though, and they kind of trick him into following what he thinks is their voices in the weight room. Yeah. And they've just left a walkie talkie in the sauna. So they trap him in the sauna. They turn it all the way up, which like he's only in there for a few minutes. I mean, he gets messed up. He gets, he gets like facial burns. Yeah. yeah, his face burns a bit because he turns it like way all the way up. Anyway, meanwhile, his mom is in the car and she's like, nobody's answering. I'm going to call the police and send them to the to the house. You keep calling the house. So the boyfriend's calling the house. She's calling the police. The police agree to send someone out. Uh, meanwhile, Pilou gets the fax that says, help, Santa Claus is attacking Grandpa and me. Come quick, please. Basically, Tom. Uh, so Grandpa now has to hide because they don't have the secret room anymore because now Santa knows about it. So they hide Grandpa in the suit of armor. Meanwhile, Mom calls the police. They're going to beat her there. And the car shows up. Um, that policeman kind of like gets out and like walks around outside for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Like before actually checking inside, which is weird. Meanwhile, Pilou bikes to the mansion. Santa escapes the sauna and... Tommy, while Santa has is out and about, acetylene torches his way into the security system. But as he's doing so, Santa's like right behind him, grabs him while he kind of walks down the stairs to talk to grandpa and stabs him in the leg yeah. for real. Yeah. Just as that happens, Pilou opens the door and Santa takes off after Pilou. And this is the one where Pilou's biking away and then falls yes. and you're like, oh, he's I, I thought fucking Pilou toast. Was, uh, gone yeah i thought he was donezo too the only thing that saves him is a car drives up between them and it's not necessarily the police car it's just another random car Mm -hmm. also pilu is a huge dick for not calling for more help i know yes s car gone (laughs) (laughs) oh my god he was s car gone i don't know a lot of french words he was <laughs> well you knew poutined. that one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he doesn't call for help this is he is a bad kid well because santa's not real he was like clearly none of this is actually happening i'm having a bad dream because santa's not real in his mind his friend was bleeding out in the entryway yeah well and his friend probably would have bled out because like he gets stabbed in the thigh like I was surprised that the kid got injured, got stabbed. Yeah, me too. But he makes his way back up to like his server room and he over the loudspeaker in the house basically says like, you don't know this house and I do. You killed my dog. You tried to kill my grandpa and you hurt me. And it's basically like, I'm gonna fuck you up even though you are Santa Claus. (laughs) And it was at this point that I was like, oh no, he actually believes it's Santa Claus. And then commence 
a weird music video in the middle of the movie. It's a montage, friends. This is a montage. Right. But before the montage, this scene right here felt very much to me like the John McClane, now I have a a gun, ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Which Die Hard isn't until after this, I don't think. No, I do think think Die Hard and Home Alone ripped off this movie. Die Hard is the year before this. Oh, okay. Okay. So this movie ripped off Die Hard and then Home Alone ripped off this. Ripped off this. All right. I mean... As long as I can definitively say that Macaulay Culkin and Kieran Culkin have John McClane to thank for their careers, I'm happy. I'm okay with that. So commence the weird. It it is a montage, but it's a montage that lasts the full length of a song. And that song is terrible. That's what stuff was like in the 80s, though. No, Die Hard doesn't have one of those. No, Die Hard does not have a montage. No, because it's a good movie. Yeah, but a lot of movies do have a full montage. But at multiple points in the montage, he's just like looking out the window crying. It's a lot. And then he carries his dead dog down the hallway sobbing, which made me cry. And then he buries it in the basement with his plastic samurai sword and Bowie knife as a cross. Yes. And then he starts setting up traps. So this is when he starts setting up booby traps. And Santa's still just like out and about. Yeah, he's just loose in the house, walking around. Checking it twice. (laughs) Yeah. Gonna find all your fire and knives, Santa. (laughs) Wow. I loved it. So he makes a splint for his leg and tourniquets it. And... He sets up trip wires for like darts. He sets up a pillow fort and a tracker that he just like finds. He finds like a homing beacon system in his basement and is just like Velcro. Oh, he's like this old thing. That's from last Christmas. I think it was the Velcro stars. I think he, th- that's what he was throwing on his dog. That's where he took the Velcro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the- right. Okay. Anyway, but I think that's like a toy he got last year and he's just like got a shitload of toys and some of them are like military grade tracking items like whatever <laughs> like this is like those air tabs or whatever like the apple like little things that you can put the on the ones your keys that you can put on your phone or your keys yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. it very much is that just bigger because it's the 90s you know or 80s yep yeah in the basement he also douses the floor in gasoline so santa trips the tripwire gets darts in the neck and then he walks over kind of into the basement over the floorboards where he's set up the gasoline he lights a flaming it's like a like a suction arrow basically like nerf ram he rambos it out yeah he breaks open a stick of dynamite and then he tries to assemble an improvised explosive device badly with a toy train and a lighter yeah and if you're wondering why a child has a cigarette lighter it's because this child is french and he's been smoking since he was in utero (laughs) he's like (laughs) (laughs) the fuse was way too long on his explosive device it doesn't matter it doesn't work it doesn't work. He sends it to Santa who just stands staring at it. And then <laughs> like if it had worked, Santa would have been long dead because he just watched that thing literally until it was like in his hands. Well, and then he turns it around and sends it back. You could easily just light the M80 and throw it at someone. Yes, you could. But it's more fun if you turn this into Thomas the Blank Engine. Like it just uh-huh. never right. goes off. Like it, it literally does nothing. It is a waste of 10 minutes of the movie. 
Yeah, because he sends the train back and he thinks it's going to hit grandpa. So he dives out of the way and like pushes the train and then Santa grabs the train and grabs a grenade, but it still doesn't go off. Meanwhile, uh, the mom has gotten into a car, not a car accident, but she's like driven into a snowbank on her way home because she was distracted while using the phone. Because she's a woman. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just cut that out. I wish I could, Mike. I don't have time to make cuts. I no time. Santa's going to be here and I have to stare him down for like 20 yeah, minutes. And so. then I have to stop him from punching Paige when she's like, you've got a fucked up face, Sandy. I'm that sorry. does sound like something I'm I sorry would say. To everyone. He clearly was joking. I mean, why would a woman be driving and not in the kitchen? <laughs> now that I'm going to cut. That's <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> I don't think anyone can drive well with their 1800s get up on the motor carriage. <laughs> she was probably like, I don't know what this wheel does. The one on the boat's much bigger because she's a pirate. Yeah, or she was just like, I don't fear death because I'm immortal. That's true. <laughs> Wait, are you saying that she is also a vampire? She's the actual Marie Antoinette? She's a vampire. We agreed on vampirism early in this episode. That's fine. Hey, listen, I'm fine with that being a runner. Santa Claus is already a vampire. Yeah, Lady Stott up in here crashing the <laughs> snowbanks for fun. Anyway, so the boyfriend finds the mom's car in the snowbank and helps her out. So they're going to get to the house. And meanwhile, the policeman's walking through the woods and uh, Santa sees him out the window. So does Tomas. And uh, this is the scene where we have no idea what happened to the grenade. They're just in different rooms now. No one knows what happened or yeah. how. Santa goes out to try and kill the policeman. And Tommy goes down to talk to Grandpa to be like, oh, my God, the cops are here. We're like, we're saved. And Grandpa's like, I need my insulin. And he's like, no. So Santa sneaks <laughs> up behind the policeman. He's toast. Yeah. Meanwhile, back in the house, Thomas goes to find the insulin and there's just a giant pile of meds and all he can find is one broken vial. And Santa's right behind him. And he's, or at least he thinks he is based on the tracker. Santa has taken the tracker off and put it on a toy tank and sent it into the room. Right. Meanwhile, Santa is right around the corner. So he comes up and grabs him and tries to stab him with the cake server. And then he just says, I win, you lose. I hide, you seek, count to 20, no cheating, and then runs away. Yes. Implying, because like earlier when he was on that like chat room, he was like, do you want to play games with me? So at this point, I'm just like, oh, he is unhinged, but also a predator. Yes. It makes it worse, I think, because he's already stabbed him, which is not yeah. tagging. No. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying, Mikey. I've never played stab tag, but I feel like the mortality oh, rate on it. That's my dating profile name. Stab tag? Think about it. The most dangerous game. <laughs> anyway, Tommy goes back to grandpa and he's like, I'm going to go get the insulin of the caretaker. So he runs across the grounds to get to the caretakers where they are like so dead yeah they're very he finds dead. the insulin yeah they're super dead uh he finds the insulin and then he drives the cop car back to the house and then calls in the radio basically like we need an ambulance here and as he's doing it santa sits up in the back and is like you're cheating it's so terrifying and he freaks out and crashes the car yeah 
against a tree, which probably would have thrown him through the windshield. I was kind of amazed it didn't because he's not buckled in. Yeah, he just hits his head on the steering wheel, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was too short to go through the window. Or he just wasn't going fast enough either way. Yeah. Yeah. That could be. Meanwhile, they're both alive, but he handcuffs Santa to the car, which only lasts like a minute. Santa immediately breaks through his toy handcuffs. It's no big deal. But it gives him enough time to run back to the house. Santa's chasing him. Uh... Thomas trips over the dead policeman, but he finds his gun in the snow. He grabs it and points it at Santa. And he's literally like, why? Like, why Santa? Because he still believes it's Santa. But when Santa advances on him, he just shoots him. He shoots Santa. And I was like, good for you. And then he runs back to the house where grandpa has lost consciousness. So he can't really get him out of the suit of armor. He has to like unhook it and pry him out of it. But he does give him the insulin shot and then kind of pound on his chest. So grandpa comes back or at least regains consciousness, let's say. But also Mm -hmm. Santa has followed him because he didn't mortally wound him. He just shot him in like his torso somewhere. And grandpa grabs the gun. It's blurry. He can't see who's who. He tells Thomas to duck. He fires. He hits Santa. Meanwhile, mom and her boyfriend pull up. And this is where we hear the voiceover like, you shouldn't try to see Santa. And we cut to her and the boyfriend coming into Santa dead on the floor and Thomas catatonic. Yes. Because he has killed Santa Claus. Yeah. He's more of a Hanukkah person now. (laughs) (laughs) But then the last shot of the movie is on a fireplace with boots next to it that look like Santa boots. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, so I thought the end of the movie was alluding to the fact that he became Santa. I thought it was like the Santa Claus where he killed Santa and he had to become Santa. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just stared at that kid's internal monologue and was like, oh, he's going to need so much therapy. Like, just oh, so much. So, so much. Uh, which, you know what? If you just tell your kids Santa's fake from the get-go, they'll always know it's an intruder. Come at me. Follow Paige for more parenting tips. They probably told him he was a fake Santa. I'm going to tell my kids, if I have kids, Santa's real until a certain point. Because I want them to know I'm allowed to lie to them. Yeah, but then what if a home invasion happens and the guy's dressed like Santa and they're like, yeah, just take all the shit. That's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. All right. Anyway. And and that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen this movie, having talked about this movie, what did you guys think about Deadly Games, Dial Code Santa? Yeah, I'm not going to be putting this into my regular Christmas rotation. Oh, no. Yes, your hatred of the French. I'm aware. (laughs) It's strange, but it also, it's not, it's weird, but it's not funny enough that I would force people to watch it for, like, humorous reasons. No, I don't know. It is bad. It's not bad enough to be funny, and it certainly isn't good enough to watch. I don't think anyone should watch this movie. The only person who should watch this is John Hughes circa 1989. (laughs) Or or read the script or get a a treatment of it or whatever happens. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. It's fun to talk about. It is fun to talk about. It's terrible to watch. Like, I'm not joking when I say I tried to watch this on three separate occasions and fell asleep every time. The last time I was like, fuck, I just have to get through it. So I rewound it and then picked it back up. But it was rough. I'm going to be an optimist here and say this is how you do villains, like creepy villains, right? Yeah, this is a good creepy villain. And it would not take a lot if you have an actor or a story that could do something as creepy as this to make a great horror film around it. Because this guy creeped the hell out of me. And I don't say that about a lot of villains. It is a creepy villain. I feel like you could put this villain in a different movie and it would work better. Yeah. In fact, I would like to see this type of villain in a good movie. I agree. I don't love Home Alone either. 
I feel like if you want to watch something like this, watch the Mythbusters episode about Home Alone. (laughs) 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 And how everything in that movie would kill people, basically. Like, like those bandits are dead, you know, 10 seconds into the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? No, not really. Uh, I know this is a first. And I looked at a few different places because I usually can find a ton of fun facts for pretty much anything. Yeah. Literally, the only thing anyone talks about with this movie is that the screenwriter specifically believes that and and director because uh, he wrote and wrote and directed believes that Home Alone stole the premise of this movie of and took does. legal action. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's like all people want to talk about. Yeah. And it actually did not premiere in North America until 2018. There was no way to see it until 2018. Yeah. In theaters in America. And so, you know, if the steal happened, it happened on the production side before the film actually ever came out. Yeah. But yeah, those are your fun facts, I guess. Well, thank you for those few fun facts. I also would normally do box office, but there is no box office for this movie because the all the places I track it don't track this movie and don't track a lot of French films. Like, this is not uncommon, well, and right? And it's too early, too, for the tracker. I mean, yeah, especially for international. Like, you'll get some yeah. 80s and 70s and 60s movies on the trackers, but they're mm-hmm. like the bigger movies from that time period where it's yep. like, you know, things were recorded because it was fucking like Die Hard or, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's not like a movie that no one watched until Joe Bob did it. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. No, Alamo Alamo Draft House is the one who brought it back in 2017. They brought oh, it over. Oh, are they? Okay, interesting. Yeah, uh-huh. that is true for Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas. Yeah. So I do have some facts though. So this movie won Best Director and Best Film at the 1990 Fanta Festival. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think it was sponsored by Fanta? <laughs> I don't know what Fanta Festival is, but it takes place in Rome. So it isn't like okay. a French only festival, but it blows mm. my mind that this won Best Director and Best Film in 1990. I mean, that's not a huge. I, I, well, I guess I don't know if it's a huge festival. It's not one that I've heard of before. So let, let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, I've never heard of it either, but it is a a film festival in Rome, started in 1981, and still continues to this day. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that's your uh, box office, question mark? Mm -hmm. I don't really have much for this. So, Mikey, let's hit him with that scary scale. Yeah, scary scale, listeners, a scale of 1 to 10, how scary we found the film today. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Let's go, Paige. One. Todd. Yeah, so for me, this is definitely a one because it's ridiculous. Uh, but if it was, if you were going to make me sit through this movie again, I'd give that experience a 10. <laughs> okay, okay. A little extra, but no <laughs> I'm going to give it a three. I, I, for the, the villain? The, the villain, because I, you know. He got real close to doing real bad things with a lot of kids, and it freaked those parts had me on edge. If you edited out the rest of it, it would be crazy. Yes. The rest of the movie puts it at a one for me. But if you yeah. put that villain in his own film, oh yeah, my I think God. That'd be it'd terrifying. be terrifying. Like when she's sitting on his lap and he and like you see his eyes get all creepy. Yeah. And he's stroking her cheek and then yep. punches her. I was like, this is the most terrifying Christmas villain I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many Christmas villains are there? I don't know, but most of them are dressed like Santa. Yeah, four killer Santas. This is definitely the creepiest killer Santa we've done. That is true. And I I was very sad that this movie did not include the line, shoot all Santas on sight. But in French, whatever that would be. But like, I really wanted that. I badly wanted that. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. I do have some other fun facts. Hang on. Oh, my God. I found out that there's a sequel to that movie from like 1970. Look, we're we're going to have to do it. Yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Yeah. 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 There is. Yeah. So I, I actually forgot, but I have more fun facts about the kid actor in this. Oh, okay. This kid actor was only in three movies. There was a movie called The Passage. Of course, this one, Deadly Games. And then he was in a TV series called Tales of the Wind. I'm pretty sure all of those were French stuff. But he has worked on movies like The Dark Knight, Splice, Avatar, Gravity, Edge of Tomorrow, The Revenant, American Gods, the TV show, Lost in Space, the TV show, X-Men, Dark Phoenix, Black Widow, and Suicide Squad. Holy shit. Of course, The Dark Knight was like, what, 14 years ago now? And Suicide Squad Mm -hmm. like just came out. So he has like this long career in visual effects. He has worked in visual effects since the early 2000s. And I would have to assume is one of the better ones out there because these are like big A movies that he's working on. Because I I was watching this movie and I was like, there's no way this kid actor is still acting. And he's not. But he's crushing it in the VFX game. Well, it's like Ralphie from Christmas Story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very, very successful, just not in acting. And same with this guy. Like, I'm not making fun of him. I think it's awesome. Well, he's been programming since he was nine. (laughs) (laughs) That's how he got his first job. They were like, Hey, do you have any experience with visual effects? And he was like, well, have you seen Deadly Games? I programmed (laughs) all the animation graphics in that. I would believe it. I would too. Oh man. Although the visual effects in Deadly Games look like the game Gold Rush, but whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so this week you guys made me watch Deadly Games. What are you making us watch next week? Do we want to talk about what next month's theme will be? We do. So this is Listener Request Redemption Month. Yeah. Normally in a month, you would pick one movie and we'd pick three. This month, we've picked one movie. It's actually past page. This is future Todd breaking in to tell the listeners that we still are not able to do antlers for logistical reasons. We're going to do it eventually. But next week, we're actually going to do Children of the Corn. So anytime Paige says we're doing antlers... Just know she means Children of the Corn. We changed it after we recorded it. It's not her fault. We just had to change it because of some logistical reasons. Anyway, so guys, your homework for next week is to watch Children of the Corn. And then we are going to have you choose from the top 10 movies that narrowly missed being the listener request. And you'll pick the top three and those will be the three movies for the rest of the month. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, look out for that survey coming up soon. I mean, it probably will already be out. I love this theme. Someone also dropped in a a theme suggestion in the Facebook group that I thought was really, really cool, where you two pick a theme and then the listeners and I have to guess what the theme is based on the movies. I really like that. And I do want to do that. Yeah, I think that's a very cool idea. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, shit. No. That sounds like a no to me. So while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast. And that is to leave us a five star text review. And we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review you're going to read this week? We're going to read some reviews. <laughs> yes, we are, Mikey. Okay. Pink Floyd for the win. FTW. I'm so glad you're reading this one. What's the title to this one, Mikey? <sighs> wow, I can't believe it's not ear cancer. Thank you, Pink Floyd. <laughs> Thank you. What does Pink Floyd for the win have to say? Uh, I would love you to pick my review. They want me to read it in the best Tony Soprano impression. All right, I'm on on board for this. Because it's not respected enough on the pod for being a great TV show. Sir, this is not 1996. Have we talked shit about The Sopranos? No, we have not. 
I mean, I've honestly never seen The Sopranos, but I hear it's a great show. I, I wouldn't know. It's, I would say it's a good show. I just prefer other shows. Sure. Okay. It was really good at the time. All HBO shows yeah. are good. No, that, that's true. At the time, there was not much else like it. Yeah, fine. We'll not have to get into it. Let's just read this review. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> okay, I gotta like do my Italian. I cannot wait. It's a me, a Tony Soprano. <laughs> This okay. I know enough about Tony Soprano to know he did not talk like this. No, he's like he's like. Uh, I, I find myself bringing uh, the show up to people who don't even like all horror, and I feel annoying <laughs> when I make my life my wife listen to funny parts, like when uh, you know, like a page talks about how she would uh, try to self cultivated piece of meat from her own body. Oh, like, I totally would. Oh, that's I so totally gross. Would. I cannot uh, believe when that. When Todd carries on about how the P.O. box isn't really a P.O. box, it's uh, really cool because it's a street address. <laughs> that's pre-recorded. I say that every week because I just dropped that audio in. But yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, his, my favorite part's the ads. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part about Todd specifically is when he's plugging something. <laughs> I'm also a huge fan uh, of a Mikey trying to gain a mental health insight on literal psycho murders of supernatural <laughs> scary ghost kids. <laughs> I would love to suggest a psychological horror movie in session nine, the 2001 film with David Caruso and Peter Mullen. David Caruso? Wow. Okay. He was big in the 90s. Like, oh, I huge. know. I know. Uh, because it's one of my favorite psychological horror films. It's actually a good movie. I like that movie. Uh, and also <laughs> to fuel Mikey's fear of creepy wheelchairs. <laughs> I like how you broke character to say, I like that movie. It's a good movie. And then you cut right back into it. That was great. Thank you guys for making me laugh <laughs> at my boring job. <laughs> I'm, not good at, I'm not good at accents. I, that's my favorite part. I love it. And also giving me movies wrecks for the future. So when I need to find a new horror flick. To watch, it's not so hard. Winky the Blinky. Now, I want to point, first off, Pink Floyd for the win. Thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, please leave us a five-star review. What you guys could not see was that entire time Mikey had his hand up gesturing <laughs> like the uh, Italian guy, like, hey, it's a me, a Mikey. He was doing the, the hand gesture the entire time he was reading that. Well, it's called method acting. <laughs> what are you, Jeremy Strong? I don't know who that is. He's in secession. There was like an article about him and how he's like a hard to deal with because he's so method that like if the character gets injured, he wants to be injured. You say method or meth head? Oh, method. I think I may have read it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think Jeremy Strong does meth, but you know, who knows? I, I wouldn't know. Anyway. So guys, if you like this show, but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo or his only fans which really should just be called only feet because that's what you get but guys 
<laughs> but it's just because I don't know how to work my camera phone. <laughs> he doesn't know how to hit the front-facing <laughs> camera button, so it's always just a picture of his feet. Anyway, guys, if you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash virgin. We also link it like once a week, so just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. We're closing in on 1,600 members. It's amazing. You guys are awesome. And literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick B. Nick B. Fun fact. Oh, yeah. He stabbed like 14 people with a cake server. But no one got hurt because it's a cake server, so he didn't have to do any time. Just light bruising. (laughs) It was a fruit cake server, so it was deadly razor sharp. (laughs) Uh, This episode also brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager is driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? Oh, she's luring young boys into her house, pretending to be Santa Claus and murdering them. Oh, wow. That's a lot. So like... Tia, you probably should call the authorities and have them deal with your daughter. That's too much, I think. I think it might have been too much, but I don't have time to cut this stuff, Mikey. Like, there's just no time, no cuts. That's Christmas. This episode also brought to you by the number Jeff, and Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a new episode of the Jessica Jones Marvel Netflix TV show or agent carter because they moved on to that series so if you want to check out that podcast it's called kissing jessica jones on any of your favorite podcast apps this episode's also brought to you by jonathan and jonathan wants us to watch some creepy spider videos so here we go this spider video is called angry camel spider you guys ready oh camel spiders are technically not spiders they are arachnids but they are from a different family i hate the way this looks oh he's like dancing back and forth How is this guy so calm when he does this? Spider people are weird, man. I watch them on YouTube all the time. I can't believe you watch. Oh! Yeah, so there's a ton of videos of soldiers playing with these in the Middle East because they're usually desert animals and they'll follow your shadow. There are so, he is so, this spider is so big. Yes. Oh, Paige. It's really big. You've, you've seen that famous video of soldiers holding two of them, right? No, I don't want to watch that though, Paige. Like this freaked me out enough. Yeah, I can't. Oh, do it's this. not a video. It's just a, a photo. Oh, yeah. well, Jonathan, thank you so much for that spider video. I hated it. <laughs> we now return you to another spider-filled episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. I really probably should have said manatee-filled episode. Yeah, you gave me choices, and I chose manatee. <laughs> Welcome back. It's. Christmas here at the Patreonicals. So <laughs> this is the last episode before Christmas. Yeah. And do a Christmas episode. All right. Is it like a bottle episode where like none of this actually happens canonically, but like it's a very Christmas themed episode? Yes. Like Life Day. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Perfect. I love everything about this. So Isaac is eating roasted human nuts on an open fire. 
Oh, wow. I was not expecting that, but okay. Right out of the gate. Someone is eating somebody's nuts. <laughs> cool. Because he's a cannibal. Oh, uh, we sure. understand, sure. Mikey. We get it. Yeah. Um, and then there's Eddie talking to the reindeer, Santa's reindeer, and uh, they are they need to unionize, and they're trying to talk to Eddie about how to do that. It's a very complex conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? A Starbucks in Seattle? Yeah, they're all in a cabin. They're all in a large cabin. It's of like course they are. It's Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Kate's outside using her telekinesis to put up Christmas lights all over the roof. Aww. That's what she's doing. She's using yeah. her powers for decorative. Yes. Yes. Karun and Domosaurus are nestled up by the fire where they're warming their dinosaur egg. Oh, that's right, because they, they have a, a child on the I way. love this so much. And there's a little Santa hat on the egg. And oh, and it's just <laughs> resting on Domosaurus's feet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha's there, and she's a behavior analyst, and she's analyzed everyone's behavior for the year, and they've all been good kids. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, um, she's eating astronaut ice cream. Delicious. Yeah. And uh hoping that, you know, she gets a brand new space shuttle Lego set. And she's going to this year. That's nice. She's been very good and doesn't talk shit on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I like how normally Mikey is God of the Patreonicals, but now he's Santa of the Patreonicals. Which is honestly, <laughs> it's Mikey's true form. Christmas Mikey's in full effect. Yes. Christmas Mikey is my favorite version of Mikey. Like, that's the Pokemon I'd want to capture if Mikey was a Pokemon. It just puts me in a better mood, you know? Yeah, mm. I get it, Mikey. I 100%. love the holidays. All holidays. You know, people need to make more reasons to be happy. <laughs> I agree. I support this. Yeah. I support it's like it. Existentialism. There's Scott. He's made of rocks. Right. And he's also decorated for Christmas. And there's little wreaths around him and lights. Wait, he decorated himself him. for Christmas? Yes. And I then, love uh, this. Wes, <laughs> who's still stuck on his shoulder, is also Wes. wearing a Christmas hat. And he is eating a candy cane. And then sharing it. Just picture this, though. It's like Scott's all decked out in, in like Christmas stuff, but his shoulder has a Christmas hat on it because that's where Here Wes is. I yes. love this so much. And uh, Danielle and Kaylee and Aaron, the two moon people, the Muns, right? Uh, and uh, Kaylee, Evil Matthew's ex, they are sitting around making gingerbread houses, and we don't. They're not going to get good gifts, but they'll still get gifts. Oh, why are they going to get good gifts? They lost their home planet. The moon is not a planet. It is a moon. Okay. Well, they lost their home moon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. I mean, yes, but Kaylee was very bad. Uh, and Danielle. Yeah, you're right. The moon people deserve some nice stuff. I, I, I agree. You know, that's, I agree. Yeah. We advocate for the people of the moon. Yes. I speak yeah. for the space trees. They're <laughs> <laughs> just going to get some cheese. Some nice artisanal earth cheese. Yeah, because their cheese planet blew up. Yep. That's right. And Santa can't bring back your dead loved ones. <laughs> it's one of the rules, like Genie and Aladdin. Is, yeah. uh, and then uh, Dreskel, Chippendale, they're getting some acorns because they're he's a chipmunk. Dreskel, you're two chipmunks and an adult human robot body. Trying to get into a rated R movie. <laughs> yeah. And you're getting you're getting some acorns or whatever. Yeah. On an open fire. And then um, <laughs> Mikey is just free associating all over this Patreonicals, and I am here for it. <laughs> and Dave, his Christmas gift this episode is he didn't die. Oh, that's the best gift of all. Where are you, Moon Man? 
Jesus, why can't I find you? And then that brings us to most evil Matthew. You don't get shit. He didn't even get Cole. You don't even get Cole until you publicly apologize on the Facebook group. You will always be evil. I don't even know what you did. So the apology better be good. <laughs> I feel like. It should go the other way. Like, if you don't remember what he did, it clearly wasn't that bad. So does he even need to apologize? No. Maybe you should be the better Santa and give him something metaphorically Yes, Scrooge. Here. Yeah. You're such a Bill Murray at the beginning of that movie. You're right. You're right. As Santa, I will be giving him this one chance to apologize <laughs> on the Facebook group. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Will Mikey go back to being the god of the Patreonicals next week? What will Mikey get his own friends and family for Christmas? Will Matthew ever apologize? Find out next week on another episode of uh, The The Patreonicals. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's literally in a few days. My murderous Santa nerds. <laughs> <laughs>